The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. We're all thinking holidays, so I have the perfect first guest for you this morning. Um, she is a solo traveller and has become her way of life. In fact, she's moved countries over seven times. You've probably done more than that since I saw your Instagram. Is seven right that you've lived in different countries? Seven, I think seven, including Ireland. <laughs> okay, good stuff. That is Claire Martin. She is Blue Flamingo on Instagram. If you want to check her out, she gives tips and tricks and advice on traveling on her Instagram and website, which is, of course, Blue Flamingo Travel. And she's going to talk to us about solo travel, which is a, an interesting concept and a very scary concept for some people, isn't it, Claire? Oh, 100 percent. It's really it's really, really daunting. And to be honest, I still get nervous every time I go somewhere on my own. How did this start for you? Can you remember when you started to first get the inkling of I'd like to go somewhere, but is it that no one else was interested or people didn't have the funds? How did it all start for you? Uh, So I suppose my friends all kind of, I suppose my friends all settled down quite young and I really wanted to travel and go away. And I just knew that like if I was going to wait for them, I was going to have to wait 22, Mm -hmm. 23 years for Mm -hmm. their children to grow up. And it was just now or never, really. And I moved to Thailand when I was 22. That was my first time living out of my parents' home. Mm -hmm. But my first time, like, moving on my own. I didn't know anybody going there. And it, it just was brilliant. And it was very freeing. And it was just so nice, to be honest. So you moved for work? I moved, yeah. I did. I did something like that when I was probably the same age as you. I moved to do an intern visa in the States. And that it kind of works a little bit differently, doesn't it? Rather than I'm going to plunk myself somewhere and travel around. It kind of gives you a, a little bit of bravery that you actually have focus and something to do in another country. That's it. Like I, I kind of wanted to go to Thailand. I had in my head I wanted to go to Thailand. But the thing is, I studied graphic design and I was thinking, OK, well, I can't afford to just go to Thailand. I need to kind of think about this properly. Mm. And teaching was a route that Mm -hmm. would allow me to move to a country, get to know the people, get to know a town that's not really on them, not on the tourist map. Mm -hmm. And from there, it just, I don't know, I just made friends. I got to know the restaurants. I got to know where I could go to buy my groceries. And it just really came together in that way. Like, but it was, it was very, very scary. Uh But it was brilliant when I got there because I met a group of people from the, like, from, I don't know, from Scotland, from England, from Canada, and they're all the same. And we were all in the same boat. So it was brilliant. We kind of figured it out together as a group. So where did you go to? Where did you go to that was off the beaten track? Uh, Chanterbury. Oh, lovely. And was it near the coast? or It was about an hour's drive on the motorbike from the coast. Okay. And on the in, motorbike? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I never drove a car there. It was only the bike. And then the other side, uh, we were... Um, we were close enough to the Cambodian border. Okay. So it like I think we saw tourists there once in a year and a half I spent there. So mm-hmm. it was very remote, but we were able to go and get a ferry to the island Koh Chang and it was just unreal. It was Amazing. very, very different, different way of life. And how long did you stay there? Uh, a year and a half. Wow. A year and a half. It was meant to be six months and I just loved it. And that was kind of it. <laughs> and did it change you as a person? Yeah, like I'm braver and I know that like no matter what happens, I'll be okay. It's, I know I'm okay to be on my own now. I, like I said, I never lived out of my mum and dad's house before. Mm -hmm. And I was so reliant on my mum and dad. I was the youngest of four. Mm -hmm. So I I was used to being taken care of all the time and always having like food cooked for me, my washing done. 
And then I was out there and I was like, you know what, I'm actually okay and I know I can survive. Like I can, I don't need the language. I can pick up the language. I can, I can learn how to feed myself. I can learn how to do my washing. And like, it was, it was unreal. I actually learned so much that Mm. I didn't know I could do. Yeah. And I think people like worry about when they go abroad on their own. What if something goes wrong? Who do you rely on? Who did you rely on when you were out there? Like you just figure it out. Mm. You figure it out yourself. And like I met lovely people out there that if I had a question, I could ask them and they'd say, well, look, I don't know. Well, let's find it out together because Mm. I might need to know that. And the support in the school I worked in was brilliant as well. I could ask the Thai teachers like what, like where do they go to get, I don't know, a certain a certain type of food or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they'd always they'd always help out. And if they didn't know, they'd ask somebody else and you you kind of figure it out as mm. you go. And and isn't that what life is about, really? Figuring it out? It is, really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so tell us the other countries that you've gone to since Thailand and, and lived and worked in. Um, so I went to Abu Dhabi after Thailand. Okay. I was there for two years and I Teaching went, again, were you? Yeah, I was teaching in an international school there and I actually went back there last year again for a year. Um, I was in... Where was I then? I went to Budapest. I was studying in Budapest okay. for my... Cambridge cert for teaching adults. Brilliant. And after that, I went to the north of Spain uh, for a year. And then after Spain, I went to I went to Melilla. So that's um, it's like a city that is Spanish owned, but it's in Morocco. Oh, okay. So we got to travel Morocco quite a bit then. Wow. So it was lovely. So six years in total living Amazing. and working away. And it was fantastic. So now you're home. Your job mm. is here in Ireland in the southeast. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> so how does, what is solo travel now? How, what does that look like now for you as someone who works here in Ireland? It's it's nice because like I was in Abu Dhabi last year and I was hoping to do more. But like it's nice, like it's expensive. Mm. from Abu Dhabi whereas from Ireland we're actually really lucky with the price of flights like we're in the centre of everything and like it's lovely like I was able to just decide oh well I kind of feel like a holiday I'm going to Bordeaux and I don't you'll just go yourself there yeah I just went myself and just went for the weekend I think the flights because we're so lucky where we live the flights were like 80 euro return it's not a big deal and like, obviously it is a big deal, but you know, it's not, yeah. it's not 700 euro. Exactly. Like, so, you know, there's a big difference. Uh-huh. And, and is, are there any kind of pitfalls? And I, I don't even mean like, I'm, I'm sure traveling as a woman is much different than traveling as mm. a man. There's safety concerns that we, we think about. Is that on your mind when you're traveling? A hundred percent all the time. Okay. I'm really, really safety conscious. Like, you know, you do, you do stand out as a woman on your own. Like you, you stand out if you're going in, going into the cinema you stand out if you're going around Tesco and you're on mm-hmm. your own. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a different country and people can protect you and people do look after you, I have been looked after, but it's it's a very vulnerable situation mm. to put yourself in. You have to take precautions. And what precautions do you take then? Um, so I would never go overboard with having a couple of drinks. Okay. I'd always make sure that like I'm, I'm limited. Like I'm not going to sit there and say, well, well I'm out for the night. Mm. Um, I would always research where I'm staying before I go there and how to get to the accommodation. Mm-hmm. I would always make sure that um, I know my route for walking home. Mm-hmm. And I try to dress like the other people in the country and try to look like I live there. Yeah, like you're not a tourist. Yeah, like I'm not a tourist. Like I'm on a mission now. I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly where I have to be. And even like to be on the phone and 
there might be nobody. It might be my sister who's like, you know, who's in mm. Munkain, but mm. I'm I'm on the phone and saying, oh yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. I'll mm. see you in five minutes. Mm. And these little things do help. You have to take these steps because you can really open yourself up to, to I don't know, to danger. Yeah, you have course. to be so careful. Of so course. Yeah. And what about other pitfalls of travelling solely? I remember I was... I had a kind of two day layover once in Italy and I got very bored by day two. Is that is that a thing as well? I had no one really to chat to and I'd kind of taken everything from the minibar at that stage. And is that one of the pitfalls? It can be that like that you get a bit lonely in mm. that. But I suppose I'm very lucky that I, lo- I love my silence. I am very, I can be, I can go from being very social to being like an absolute loner that I just, I just need that silence. But yeah, like you can miss people and, mm. you know, like I, I would miss my family when I'm not mm-hmm. at home. I, I do, but it's like, you know, it's they're only a text away. Like it's not as bad as what it could have been and what it was 10 years ago even. Totally. Like yeah, technology is great. Yeah, like mm. we had Skype 10 years ago, but like now we have Zoom. Now we have so many more. We have WhatsApp video call. Oh, totally. and Just pick up the phone. Absolutely. So what was in all those places you've travelled in the 10 years, what was the highlight for you? Oh, <laughs> like picking your favourite child there's a good question <laughs> um, I do think probably Uganda Okay, Uganda was unreal and seeing the animals and the elephants and I think seeing the hippos in the water that was something and was amazing. that a piece of solo travel or was it work that you went there for uh, so I joined um, a group okay. I joined a group going there so it was kind of a holiday type. yeah thing. it was a yeah. holiday now I didn't know anybody I met people on the tour mm. but like there's loads of yeah. Loads of different ones like that. And that's an option as well, isn't it? If you want Absolutely. to do something like that, there's so many tours out there that you can do things like that. Absolutely. Anywhere that you just didn't like? Or is that even such a thing when it comes to travelling? Um, where didn't I like? There was, I suppose, one town I was in that I didn't like. I did not feel safe. There was something about it. And I don't know, I just had a bad feeling. So I left the next day. Okay. Um, that was in Indonesia and I was traveling Sumatra. Okay. But like in a whole, I, I couldn't even name the town to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. But I remember just thinking like, okay, there's something that's not quite right to me here. And I always follow my gut and I left the next day. And that was, that was the main thing. But even when I don't like something, it's still an experience and you learn something from it. Okay, good stuff. Now you are Blue Flamingo on Instagram. Yeah. And you're giving people tips and advice on solo travel. Mm-hmm. You've just done a talk, is that right? Yeah, just did a talk there on Thursday. So. And how did that go? Yeah, it went well. It went well. Very, I was very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, But was there much interest in it? I do think people after the pandemic are thinking, this is my dream, I'm going to do it anyway, either if I don't have people or if I, do, if I have to go on my own. So was there much interest in it? There's a lot of interest and I get a lot of messages as well. Like I'm surprised because I just set up the the page kind of, to, you know, show my travel pictures and mm-hmm. that. And I do get a lot of messages like people that maybe like they maybe they're single, maybe like, you know, like myself, their friends settle down younger than what mm. I am. And like they just don't have somebody to go with them. And it's scary to take that jump. So mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, there's been quite a bit of interest and there's a lot more people out there and of different ages that we think mm. that want to do this and it's it like it's it's very scary it's a scary jump and like I said I still get nervous to this day but yeah I was just going to ask you that like after Thailand are, are the nerves less than they were when that first trip to Thailand when you're going somewhere they're probably more to be oh. honest <laughs> like because I was 22 when I moved there so like you know when you're 22 you're not scared of anything like mm-hmm. it's kind of like all right this is great and mm-hmm. 
everything's an opportunity. Whereas now I kind of see things that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. But in saying that as well, if I don't do it now, then when am I going to do it? And if I stop myself, then that's kind of it. You know, you have to get over it in Mm -hmm. a sense. And I just have the mentality that, you know, if I go there and if I don't like it or if I go there and I have a bad feeling, I just turn around I go to departures and I get back on a plane home and it's simple as that. Yeah, it is as simple as that. It's been so lovely to talk to you. Are you doing any more talks in the future on Blue Flamingo? Uh, There's nothing planned now, but I will be. I will be. Well, you've got a very busy summer um, planned for yourself anyway. You're off to Europe, aren't you? Uh, Well, for a couple of days, I'm going to Italy and I'm hoping to go to Southeast Asia for a couple of weeks later in the summer. How fabulous. And will you do that on your own as well? or? Um, For Italy, I am going with a friend who I actually met in Uganda. Wow. So that will be nice and for Southeast Asia so far I'm going myself but you know you, you meet people it's yeah, fine <laughs> Exactly Well thanks William for coming in this morning it was great to hear about all your travels I have very much FOMO when it comes to people going abroad and travelling on their own I think it really changes you as a person and always for the better as well so enjoy those trips this this summer it is Blue Flamingo Travel if you want to follow Claire and what she is up to put up loads of photos please make me very <laughs> jealous thanks William for coming in this morning Thanks so much Orla the Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It is a bank holiday. Hurrah! My favourite bank holiday of the year, in fact, even though I'm not a fan of enforced joy, but I'm joyful for this June bank holiday or what weekend, as we say in, in my house. If you fancy a free food-related bank holiday in both Waterford and New Ross over the next couple of days, then how about a travelling French Food Festival. Edouard Valère from Normandy Tourism is going to tell us more about it and he joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning. You're very welcome, Edouard. Uh, good morning, Ola. Thank you for the invitation. No problem. You have picked a perfect weekend to be in what we call the sunny southeast. The weather is fabulous. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Yeah, we're so happy to to be here in, in Ireland and to enjoy this wonderful weather. Now, when we think about Normandy, what are we talking about that weather-wise where you are? You know, people talk a lot about northern France versus southern France. Is your climate a bit like us here? Well, actually, um, yes, the, 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 the current weather is quite nice also in Normandy. So mm-hmm. uh, on both sides of the channel and you could enjoy wonderful places and wonderful, wonderful sun. So but currently the sun is on the Irish part. So we're very happy to be here. Good. You picked the right date to be here. Now, um, <laughs> when I say French or even Normandy food, what are we talking about? Describe some of that food to me. Well, uh, actually, uh, yes, France is very famous for, for food, for cuisine, mm-hmm. but especially in Normandy, we have a special one and we have uh, special uh, dishes and um, quite famous uh, cheeses, I would say. And all those specialities will be there in Waterfall and in Euros uh, today and tomorrow. So you are all very welcome to, to enjoy your, those uh, dishes with us. So what sort of dishes are we talking about? I see a Normandy beef with creamy camembert. Wow. So tell us what you're doing um, today. 
Well, so, so so we are organizing what we call the Normandy Food Tour. Uh, the Normandy Food Tour, it's a free, family and friendly event with live music and free cookery demos, tasting opportunities and more. So we will have uh, three food trucks. Uh, we'll have also our, our degustation and tasting with sweets, uh, with uh, uh, cheeses and many other things. So uh, what could be the Norman speciality? Uh, well, I was talking about cheeses. France mm-hmm. is very famous for cheeses, and maybe one of them is very known worldwide. You know that you know him. It's called Camembert. Oh, my but favorite Camembert. cheese, Edouard. My favorite, <laughs> the smelliest cheese of all time, but my favorite thing. <laughs> but you 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 know very well Camembert, but maybe mm. you don't know that Camembert is the name of a village. Of the so for your yeah, for for, for your next visit. You are very welcome to visit the village of Camembert. Oh. And then you can follow the, the roads and you will reach another village, which is called Livaro, okay. and Pont-l'Evêque, and Neuchâtel. And on those places, we produce very wonderful and tasting cheeses. Oh, so, sounds like heaven. <laughs> so what are you going to do with that Camembert? You are serving it, am I right in saying this, with some Normandy beef and in a bun? So you're doing some sort of burgers, for example? Yes, yeah, so so our camembert is a traditional uh, cheese. Obviously, you can eat it like a, in a French way with bread and so on. Mm-hmm. But uh, nowadays, we have a new or uh, a kind of a new cheese. We try to um, to give a, a modern uh, taste of the Norman cuisine. So we we did kind of burgers uh, with the Norman style. So it's uh, a beef with uh, camembert and creamy uh, sauce or Neuchâtel. So mm. you could join us uh, during the Normandy food tour and go to the trucks uh, which is called Chilcouz. Uh, I don't know how to translate that, but Chilcouz could be like uh, my cousin's house. Okay. So the chief will uh, marry the finest Normandy beef with uh, creamy camembert or Neuchâtel and so on. And it's served up in a soft bun. Oh, it's lovely and lovely. tasty. It sounds amazing. And now you have crepes as well. And I have a neighbour up the road from me in Wexford who's from Brittany. And when I said that Normandy tourism is coming over with your food festival and you're having crepes, he said that crepes were from Brittany, not from Normandy. What have you got to say for that, Edward? Well, um, our friends from Brittany uh, uh, do a lot of good crepe, for sure. Uh, but you should test also the Norman ones, uh, because we, we add our personal touch with uh, cream, uh, with camembert, Neuchâtel, and uh, Norman cheeses. So it gives a different taste. So wow. let's try it. So it's a savoury crepe, is it? Yes, it's uh, it's filled with uh, many things. So the, the the base is the crepe, and so then you I can you can add many many toppings on that on that. Okay, I think you might win that Normandy with that sort of a crepe. It sounds amazing. Um, so you've three food trucks. You're going to be at Cathedral Square in Waterford City from twelve o'clock today, and you'll be there till seven o'clock tomorrow. You're heading to New Ross, is that right? Exactly. Uh, actually, we, we decided to, to go on, on those places on purpose because uh, there is um, a strong uh, relationship and we share the same history uh, with that part of Ireland. Uh, so we thought that we are almost cousins and mm-hmm. as a big family, it's, uh, it's a good way to sometimes to, to gather and share good moments together. So that's why we decided to go on, on, on Waterford and New Ross because you will find uh, Norman 
Roman heritage, which okay. remains there, like uh, the cathedral, churches, castles. So there is a strong link with uh, Normandy. I never put those two things together, Norman history and Normandy. Of course, we must be in some way distant relations. Now, you've lots of music. You're going to have a solar powered music bus and that's not going to be any sort of music. You're bringing the French vibes to that as well, aren't you? Yes, we will go um, on those places with a wonderful Norman band. It's called For the Hackers. This is the name of that band. Mm-hmm. And they um, they play a kind of blend of uh, uh, pop, rock and electro uh, with French lyrics. And you will be impressed. So join us there by the, the end of the day. Uh, before 7 or, or 6 p.m., you will find this wonderful band. And I promise uh, they, they have the capacity to move the audience emotionally and physically so let's dance together lovely now have we talked about dessert because you have a dessert truck as well and that's a lot of um fresh brioches topped with normandy delicacies is that right when it comes to dessert you're still in that kind of a a bread zone almost in normandy yes that truck is called uh caravani and if you love dessert so make them a visit and uh, it's worth it. And they're preparing delicious fresh brioche. Brioche, it remains uh, very uh, warm. Mm-hmm. And then you can have different uh, top on this uh, Normandy uh, um, brioche. So it's up to you. So you, you can find, uh, you can taste whatever you want. So, so what do you have on top of your it. brioche usually? Oh, it could be your uh, uh, chantilly cream. It could be uh, uh, simply sugar or you can add chocolate and so on. Yeah. Fabulous. So have you had any Irish food since you've been over here yet? Have you had a packet of tato crisps or anything like that yet, Edward? Oh, we just have our normal, normal food, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will I will be so happy to to share with you the, the local dishes and the Irish uh, food for okay. sure. Well, I think you definitely need to experience the Washford Blah, which is kind of uh, our, our own version of, of a brioche bun. And then when you're yeah. in uh, New Ross, New Ross is well known for many, many chippers. So a nice bag of maybe okay. fish and chips or maybe a battered sausage, Edward, that might suit you. I, I, I heard a lot about that. Uh, many of my friends talked talk to me about uh, this uh, spe- Irish speciality. I never tried. And this is the blah, maybe I will is try, it? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So maybe <laughs> maybe I will, I will do it. Definitely. And I am definitely going to try some of your Normandy food as well. Those brioches sound amazing. And I'm delighted to hear that my favourite cheese of all time, the Camembert, is from Normandy as well. Best yeah. to look with everything. It sounds like it's going great for you. You're in Waterford today, as we said, at Cathedral Square from 12 o'clock until 7 o'clock. And then in New Ross's Quayside in County Wexford from 11am tomorrow to 6pm. Lots going on for the June Bank Holiday. You can get more details. Of course, it's a completely free event, but you can get more details at normandy-tourism.fr or even if you type in Normandy Food Tour into Google, you'll get more details there. Edward, enjoy the rest of your time in Ireland. Thanks a million for talking to us and making me very hungry this morning. Oh, thank you very much, Ola. See you very soon. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It is the Sunday Grill on this bank holiday Sunday and you are on Beat 102 and 03 and Wexford Arts Centre hosts a new play this week from this Thursday, June 8th 
until June the 17th so quite the run it's a dark comedy called The Last Stand and if you like a podcast or you think you're a bit of a podcaster because let's face it isn't everyone a podcaster these days then The Last Stand could get you back into the theatre uh, you'll also recognise the faces on stage comedian Morgan C. Jones plays Hook and Fiona Brown is Sarah and Fiona is on the Sunday Grill this morning to tell us more Hi Fiona Oh, hi, Orla. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now I'm going to do the first issue thing. Are you okay with me doing the first issue thing? I'm totally okay. <laughs> People will recognise my life at oh, the moment. Good, so. good. so, if you're a first city watcher, you will recognise the voice of Fiona. Of course, you can't see her face this morning. Tell us who you play in First City, Fiona. So, I play Di Audrey McCabe. Now so you she's have a, a detective inspector, and you have a bit of a storyline at the moment, do you? Yeah, it's just been revealed that um, D.I. McCabe had a, a relationship with Maxine, okay. um, who helps run the, or di- used to work for Rafferty at oh. the building site. Okay. Um, and subsequently has come out that she didn't tell Maxine that she was married and she's been married for 15 years okay. to a man called Colin. And um, so Maxine has just found all of this out and it might put the case that uh, D.I. McCabe is working on in jeopardy. So there's a bit of intrigue. And it's nice because uh, up until this point, I mean, I've sort of been popping in and out, interrogating people Mm -hmm. when they've been in trouble with the law. But this is the first kind of little indication we're getting of her sort of personal life and her background so that's been really okay. enjoyable so when was play. that filmed yeah. then because you're knee deep in rehearsals at the moment so how how does that work hand in hand with your theatre work as well well it's a fair city is about four or five weeks in advance okay. so I I just did a stint maybe three weeks um I just did three weeks literally coming up to when I started rehearsal so it all worked out beautifully I mean it doesn't always work out like that and then I've just done a a, a little bit as well where very kindly the theatre company worked around my fair city dates so it's been a little bit a little bit of maneuvering but that's just the way it goes sometimes (laughs) and how has rehearsal been on these gorgeous days have you been hot and sweaty where you've been rehearsing or has it been grand in the sunny southeast for you it's been we've been glimpsing the sunshine through the windows but we haven't been <laughs> seeing much of it it's been quite an intense rehearsal period we've had long days indoors and um we tend even not to leave the room during our breaks we're all quite sort of like getting the heads down um because it's a new play and there's a lot to discuss and the writer is in the room with us which is just like an amazing experience really um, so it's been very collaborative and creative and lots of discussions. And I've just really loved um, being part of that process of really kind of bringing these characters to life mm-hmm. for the first time. There's something kind of special about that, you know. Now, it's called The Last Stand and it really feels like mm-hmm. and reads like it's a piece of theatre for our time. It includes podcasting, cancel culture yes. um, growing older, bigotry. You know, it's hard to get people into theatres and cinemas these days. I I think it's a a bit of a runoff from COVID. But this sounds like something that is would really resonate with people. Yeah, I think so. It's a very yeah, it's it's a very personal story. It's um, you you meet uh, Tom Hooks, the the podcaster um, and stand up comedian on sort of a day where he's after 
receiving some pretty um devastating news and he he kind of his 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 knee-jerk reaction is to go right into the studio and carry on with the show because it's what he does every night at nine mm-hmm. o'clock um and the people around him are kind of going are you sure this is a great idea and um but it seems to be what he needs to do in order to process what's happening in his life so between the callers calling in and all of the natural running order of the show, um, his personal state kind of is revealed and um, he goes through a little bit of a catharsis, I think, through 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 the process of, of the show, you know, which is more or less happening in real time. It's like a, being at a real podcast mm-hmm. in, a, in a real podcast studio. And um, it's quite, you know, he, he likes to sort of provoke and... Uh, he doesn't shy away from, you know, quite opinionated mm. uh, discussions yeah. and controversial discussions and all of that. So there's 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 the, there's the outside callers who are calling in, who are the big fans of the show. And then there's the people within that. So I play Hooks's girlfriend, Sarah, who um, obviously this news is is affecting too. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to just kind of... Uh, come to terms with everything that's happening and then there's a techie Brendan who is um Hooks's sidekick who is just sort of quietly trying to you know negotiate his uh his humor and his his feelings on that day I suppose. <laughs> so they're the three main cast members and then you've some supporting yeah. cast and and Wexford actors within that supporting cast as well with um Sharon yeah. Clancy in there. Sharon Clancy, Michael Dunbar, um oh no that the the, the Jack is I don't know Jack's surname unfortunately it's okay. just escaped me at the moment with my <laughs> but yeah it's great to have um local Wexford actors as part of it you know and in, in the community it just really roots it in in Wexford and you get that you know just that variety of of um of of callers of of accents of 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 input it's nice to have that sort of even though you won't see them on the stage like their presence is very much felt um, and they're quite contrasting quite kind of there's a bit of comedy in there too which is great brilliant so lots of calls mm-hmm. so lots of different things happening on stage throughout the play that's it yeah it's it's basically a live podcast and you know it's just barreling forward i mean uh, tom hooks is determined that this uh, show is is on the road like you know that that the show must go on you know and it's only during the course of what well, there's one particular caller who calls in that really rattles him and that sort of sort of causes um him to really look at what's happening in his life and how he wants to carry on from this point it is called The Last Stand. It's written by Dominic Palmer. It sounds really, really intriguing. I love, I also love a piece of theatre with lots going on. And it sounds like there's loads going on throughout the play. There's loads going on throughout the play. Yeah, there's a lot of different ideas. You'll definitely come up against um, topics of conversation and political um, ideas that would be very, there's extremely current, you know. So mm-hmm. the discussions that are happening live on the show are quite cutting edge and quite sort of definitely of our time. Um, but also it's got real heart. Like it's a real, these people are, have, are, negotiating something very difficult they're real relationships they're real people and yeah it's got real heart and I think you know that the the very simple message throughout it is you know that you know those are the the relationships and the um and the people 
um, are what matters in life, you know, when it comes down to it. Great stuff. Well, it's called The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. It's uh, produced by Four Rivers Theatre Company at the Wexford Arts Centre, newly renovated, of course, Wexford Arts Centre from June the 8th to the 17th. That uh, Jack's surname is Jack Matthews. I just looked it up for you there, uh, Fiona. Thank you very much. No bother at all. <laughs> so three main characters. That's printed on my brain now. <laughs> You'll never forget it. And three local actors as well. WexfordArtsCentre.ie is the website if you want to check out more details about The Last Stand and of course to book tickets as well. Fiona, best of luck with it. And uh, we'll see you back Thanks on the screens so on Fair City. What else have you, anything else coming up in the meantime or is it yeah. just back to the grind in RTE? I'll be back in Fair City from the end of June, I think sort of some mid to end of June for a while. And then um, I am I'm cur- currently in um, an episode of Clean Sweep, which is on RT2, oh, RT yes. at the moment as well. Yeah. And then in, in, the, in the Dublin Theatre Festival, I'll be rehearsing from September. It'll be on in October in Smack Alley, a play, a wonderful new play called Warrior by Karen Egan. So I'm looking forward to that too. So lots of variety. Good stuff and very busy as well. And people will recognise your face from things like Smother. You're in Normal People as well. We never even got to talk about that. Yes. The iconic yes. Normal People at this stage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice little scene with them, um, with Paul Meskell um, uh, off to the Debs. So oh, people lovely. might remember that scene when he's heading off to the Debs. And his but... chain, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. famous chain. Well, I know, he's so lovely. It was nice to meet him at that point of his career before everything just kind of went crazy. I know, and it really yeah. did go crazy, didn't it? Well, yeah, it's amazing. L- listen, Fiona, enjoy that lovely Wexford sunshine. It's meant to stay for another few days. And um, best of luck with The Last Stand at Wexford Arts Centre, all kicking off on June this June the 8th until the 17th. WexfordArtsCentre.ie is that website again. And thanks a million for talking to us on the Sunday Grill this morning. Thanks, Orla. It was a pleasure. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Tomorrow is World Environment Day and we all know the score by now. We're facing a climate emergency and it's easy to feel powerless in this time of crisis. But small things really do make a difference. So we ask some of our colleagues here in the Broca Centre what things they do to take action when it comes to climate change. So to reduce water waste, I generally brush my teeth in the shower (laughs) to kill two birds with the one stone. Um, Some people think it's crazy, but I quite enjoy it. And I also compost my food. I have a separate food bin and and I would bring a keep cup to work so that I'm not buying coffee and using like coffee cups. I just use the same cup and bring that to cafes. I like to turn off my PC um, overnight and the screen because I know sometimes a lot of people can leave them just on standby but I try to turn them off to save some energy um, what else do I do in work I drink out of paper cups which are very compostable um, I know I have a plastic water bottle but it's a reusable one so it saves me not buying water when I'm out and about I cycle to work and I walk I don't use a car and I eat a plant-based diet uh, I actually go to a lot of vintage and secondhand clothes shops uh, because they have some really cool old jerseys and also, I don't know, something nice about having clothes that have a story to it. And thanks a million to Rachel who recorded that for us during the week. Um, I'm definitely a big composter like Jade. I'm a little bit obsessed with composting to tell you the truth. There is nothing more satisfying than the smell of a brown bin when you know it's been filled to the brim. It's just my thing. Well, look, here at Beat, we're committed to taking the confusion 
out of climate, from alternative car travel to sustainable clothing, we are going to arm and empower you to make changes that will turn climate change into climate action. It is called Ours to Protect because, look, it's our world and our climate and it's on every Wednesday, starting this Wednesday from 8.30pm here on Beat 102.03. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102.103. He's back in studio and with an epic live action remake to review. It feels like years ago that the internet rejoiced at the sight of Halle Bailey as Ariel in The Little Mermaid. So what did Brian make of this remake of the 1989, that is crazy, Disney animation classic? Once again, something I've never seen. It's okay. (laughs) Orla, do you know what? This time I've never seen the original Little Mermaid either, so we're okay. Uh, This is one of the most anticipated family movies of 2023. Brian... Is as a single man, what did he think of it? Oh, I need to call me out like that. <laughs> I didn't mean that. It's okay, even though it's true. Yeah, uh, let's <laughs> let's have a clip. Listen to a clip from The Little Mermaid, and then you'll tell us what you thought. Yeah, cool. You went to the above world. A man was drowning. I had to save him. This obsession with humans has to stop. I just want to know more about them. Ariel, don't. Child, I can help you. You can't live in that world unless you become a human yourself. Is that even possible? (laughs) It's what I live for. (laughs) Something about you seems different. I can't quite figure it out. She got legs, you idiot. And there you go. That's when she gets comes out of the water and gets legs. And I'd like to say, you know, the rest of the story, but I actually don't know the rest of the story of The Little Mermaid. And I hope there's some female empowerment in it, to tell you the truth. hope she just doesn't meet a man and gets married. Ah, does she? Well, she does meet a man. Yeah, but like, is there not a, I'm okay on my own, hon? Not really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, there is, there's a, there's more so a, Stop, Dad! You can't tell me what to do. I'm I'm my own person. Oh. And then, yeah, there's there's a man. Okay. Spoilers. Spoiler alert! A, we know that. Yeah. We know that. Um, Melissa McCarthy, Javier Bardem, Aquafina. Yeah, I love a bit of Aquafina. Halle Bailey, like really good list um, for a cast. So yeah, okay, it's it's the Little Mermaid again. Obviously, I haven't seen the first one, so I have nothing to compare to, which is. I think in a way good because uh, okay. I'm going in fresh and it's for like obviously made for a new generation of people to see mm. who knows what's going to happen in it. Like, you know, so I'm not like, oh, they changed this, they changed that. Mm. Who knows, right? Okay. But for me, the biggest difference between this and something like Lion King is that the main characters were human. So you could see their full range of emotions. Remember when Lion King came out and people were like, you couldn't really, the main, like the main Simba and Nala. When Lion King came out as a live action movie. The live action, yeah. Okay, yeah. You couldn't really see their expressions. You couldn't really see what they're doing. But like the animal sidekicks are great in this because you don't need to see too much shocked. Like they're shocked enough if they gasp at shock. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So it's like the humans allow it to be kind of more believable. that she's kind of magic and a lot has been put on the fact that this is a live action remake it's kind of passed me by like 
you know, everyone keeps saying, oh, it's a live action remake. That's amazing. What's yeah. amazing about it? It's, well, it's essentially Disney trying to make more money from things okay. that don't going to be successful. <laughs> but what's amazing is it actually was pretty good. I actually really enjoyed it. And I, okay. didn't, I didn't know the story. Did you know that she goes, she, like, gives, she gets legs, but she gives up the power of her voice? Yes, I knew that. I didn't know that. From the actual fairy tale book, I knew okay. that. I didn't yeah. know that. I was learning things left, right and yeah. centre when I went to see it. Is there music in it? Lots of singing? There is lots of singing in okay. it. And, and it's, she, her and her sister are phenomenal singers. They're fantastic obviously. singers. And mm. the guy who plays Eric is like, when he sings, he sounds like, Bastille. I felt like oh, it sounded like Bastille. His okay. name is uh, Jonah Hoare King. Mm-hmm. Definitely, probably not how you pronounce that. But um, <laughs> uh, he he was fantastic. And like, it was such a kind of a sweet, simple story. Do you know the way sometimes these things kind of get convoluted and you're like, okay. Yeah. But I think because it's so heavily based on an old movie that's done, like you know, people know the story of, it's simply... She's not happy where she is. Mm. She finds somewhere new. Coming of age. Yeah, and like they both kind of grow together and it's like a nice little thing. It's like pretty simple in that respect. And it was directed by Rob Marshall who has directed both Pirates of the Caribbean movies and like uh, musicals like Chicago. Okay. So he, if it's a musical set in the Caribbean with like people on boats and stuff, he's the guy. He is the guy. And it did feel like an absolute offshoot of Pirates of the Caribbean. If you were like, this is a musical spin-off of Pirates of the Caribbean, you could have been like... Fair. Okay. Well, we sent you to review it. What made you stay there? I mean, I paid for the ticket myself, okay. so that would do it. But um, uh, <laughs> I wasn't just going to walk out of it. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was, it was easy watch. It wasn't too complicated. It wasn't too deep or dark. It was a simple story. It was fun. The songs, like "Under the Sea," was realistically the only song I knew, and that's something about the who's it's and what's it's a plenty, and that, that's pretty much it. And that's at the start of it, but. That you don't really need to know the songs. You don't really need to know the story. You can actually just go in and enjoy it. You can kind of switch off a bit and okay. just enjoy it. So it's nice. And even from looking at the trailer, the visuals are beautiful, like yeah. really lovely shots and everything. A fabulous part of the world that it's filmed in as well. So it's kind of a bit of escapism, is it? Yeah, it it is. Like it's set in the Caribbean, which is obviously suits up so well because Rob Marsh obviously do mm. the the Caribbean. He already knows the kind of yeah, he knows how, where to how go. it feels like, you know? Knows so, the spots. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. But uh, it, it, it is, it's, sometimes the CGI doesn't really feel perfect, but at the same time, I don't think it's meant to be. Like when okay. they're underwater, it does just kind of look like they're just there and there's water behind them. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really matter because they're mermaids. Do you know, it's like you left, like you left the realness at the door when there's mermaid people talking. Okay. And there's a big fight between an octopus lady whose brother is the king who, who has a trident that fires oh. both magical powers I and like also this. like fire at okay. statues of a girl that collects sparks underwater so, I mean it's it's a it's not the, not that you don't see a story like this every day okay. it's for mermaid representation it's great you know? and talking of representation and it really was the conversation about representation and diversity but that's kind of gone like on, on two sides as well loads of review bombing yeah. stories of review bombing on IMDB really so sto- it's low scores really unfair what would you give it out of 10, Black Pudding Wise? I'll give it eight. I'll give it, it was oh. a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But what, I, what I found funny about the whole, like the whole racism aspect of it was, mm. it's said in the Caribbean. So it makes more sense that well, she's true. black. True. Do you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's she's more lo- like local to that area than like a white ginger girl. Mm-hmm. So, but she's still ginger. So the gingers still have their representation she as well. Still they, still the their, gin, uh, they still have their, their ginger princess as well. So okay. I don't know. I like... I don't think it's a, it's a big deal. I, I, when when something like this is as crazy as like a load of mermaids underwater, who cares? Do you mean, true. Why and is that an issue? 
Who believes the bots at the end of the day? No. You know? Okay, so what did you say? Eight black puddings? I'll give it eight out of ten. Okay, lovely stuff. It is The Little Mermaid. Um, It is out in cinemas now. It was one of the most anticipated movies of 2023. In fact, I think it's one of the ones that we spoke of as a preview highlight in 2023. Are we nearly done with all those ones? Oh, Barbie. And Barbie. When is Barbie out? July. July. And Spider-Verse is out this weekend as well. And the Willy Wonka movie. Willy Wonka movie. Yeah. Oppenheimer's. That will be Christmas. There's a lot of good movies coming out this year. It's actually been a great year for movies. It really has. And you are the lucky one who gets to review that. Yeah. You're the lucky ones that get to hear me talking about it. <laughs> not a little bit shy is our Brian. No. Thanks a million for joining us. You're no not going anywhere now, are you? Yeah. Since you've been out on, on the road in Europe on your own. Who knows, Arla? Who okay. knows? Okay. All right. What's the one thing you learned from solo travel? Oh, it's it's more this? fun it's more fun to go somewhere a, a bad place with people oh. than go to a good place on your own. It's more fun to go to a bad place with people than to go to a good place on your own. So you basically didn't enjoy yourself. I enjoy I enjoyed it I enjoyed it more so when I was hanging out with like everyone's like what well, was my favorite piece place or like least favorite place my favorite place was when I was hanging out with people okay. didn't matter where it was yeah and then like I went to Paris and I was there on my own uh-huh. it's just buildings like yeah. it, there's buildings okay. everywhere I who get cares that. Uh, hanging out with people you know or hanging out with people that you just met like oh, when you got to go to the wedding etc I'm ha- I'm happy to just go anywhere and meet anybody <laughs> well more so people I know and then they'll just introduce me to more people or I'll just start talking to random people on the street which it happens yeah you know yeah. Gosh, I'm glad I'm not those people on the street. Thank you. <laughs> Good to see you. I really did miss you in studio. Oh, I miss Don't you go too. anywhere. I uh, will see. Hmm. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103.